All right, friends, listeners, leaders, creators, welcome to No Clear Answers, the podcast where we explore common challenges that we all face as humans, creators, and leaders, and break down preconceived notions, some common self-help ideas. We're your hosts. I'm Justin Mulvaney. I'm Corey Wilkes. <laughs> and I'm Ricky Goldenberg. Doing it out of order, apparently, is hard for us. Oh, a little moment of panic there. This is, Did you I, get anxious? I, I felt... Wow, my podcast running voice was just so good. I really found it at the end. And now these fools are screwing it up by not even knowing how to say their names. We were building anticipation. Tension is key to the listening experience. today to talk about manifestation, law of attraction. <laughs> Ricky's already <laughs> laughing at this. <laughs> um, yeah, we decided to go with a little bit of a spicy topic that kind of shows up in these spaces it can be a little divisive. Some call it manifestation, other calls it law of attraction, we're going to lump these together. Some people may be of the opinion that they are separate, we're just going to have a general talk about these principles today. Um, spent a little time doing some research. I'm just going to share my screen. I'll read off this, but if you're watching, cause this is a video podcast, you can watch the screen here. Um, so manifestation, what Wikipedia has to say to this is manifestation refers to various pseudoscientific self-help strategies that can purportedly make an individual's wishes come true by mentally visualizing them. So they're based on law of attraction, some new thought spirituality. Um, process generally involves positive thinking or even directing requ requests to the universe. But here it actually importantly notes it also involves action on the part of the individual. Uh, the next paragraph basically says scientists hate it. Um, and then there's a little note that says really where this got popularized, at least in modern culture, was that book called The Secret. Uh, and also a film called The Secret that was on Oprah's book club that really sort of took off. Uh, the other thing here, let me share and go. There's a tab here that I have on the law of attraction because I think this also has some important nuggets for what yeah, it is. I think I'm less familiar with this. With law I'm of excited. attraction? Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, so law of attraction, it's the new thought spiritual belief, again, that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into a person's idea. There's the, the belief system, the explanatory mechanism is that people in our thoughts were made from pure energy and that like energy attracts like energy. Um, advocates generally combine this, they say, with cognitive reframing techniques, with affirmations and creative visualization. Right, so we can reframe negatives into positives. We can use some affirmations to create positivity and we can create visualizations to bring about some positivity. Um, a key component of the philosophy is the idea that in order to effectively change one's negative thinking patterns, one must also feel that the desired changes have already occurred. So law of attraction, whatever happens in here, my thoughts, whatever energy I have in here will bring that energy over to me. So that's manifestation, law of attraction. I, I don't think it makes as much sense to do our usual run-in of a client comes and says this is an issue because it's not an issue. The question that comes to mind for me, and y'all can morph this however you want, is you meet somebody and they kind of tell you, hey, I'm, I'm really into manifesting things. I'm really into the law of attraction. What are your thoughts or what are your thoughts on the, those, these ideas, these concepts in general? So if a random person comes up and is like, Hey man, I like this. It works for me. Cool. I don't have to have an opinion, right? Whatever works for you, man. I don't give a shit. If you're just sharing your experience, but if you say, Hey Corey, what do you think about the law of attraction and manifesting as a practice? 
Well, then I'll say, well, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> Which is becoming a running theme with the show. But it isn't bullshit. It isn't pure bullshit like a lot of things are. It's bullshit in that. <clears throat> Just magical thinking. I'm like willing it into being like some abracadabra type shit of like, you know, as I say it, so shall it be done or some fuckery. You're not a fucking magician. Um, but on the one hand, we as humans, like we, we need hope, right? We need to feel like a positive future is a possibility for us in some capacity. And we have to feel some agency, some sense of control over that, right? And there are a lot of ways of doing that, right? Like religion fills that gap for that void for a lot of people. There are many other things, science for some people, right? Like there are many things that fill that void for people. Some, you know, are real and some are imagination, but they, they fill that specific need for people. Right. And that's why I'm like, whatever the fuck works for you. Cool. As long as it doesn't like infringe on other people, I don't give a shit. Right. But if we, <clears throat> dig a little deeper into like the psychology of things like that and why those things either can be powerful or why people tend to gravitate toward them. There is, so you take somebody with anxiety, for example, not like clinical anxiety, I'm not going to go into therapy territory, but just like normal, a normal level of anxiety, right? When, if you're the type of person who's like, always like, quote unquote, waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're always waiting for something bad to happen. Well, if you search for something long enough, you will eventually find it, right? So if you're the type of person where you anticipate, you expect something bad to happen, you will continue to search for that until it happens, right? The converse is also true. If you're overall a relatively optimistic person or you try to see the, not the silver lining or like some Pollyanna is shit, but like trying to find the good in things or trying to search for opportunities within obstacles and, and adversity. Well, if you search for that long enough, you'll eventually find it too, right? So from a psychological perspective, you're effectively priming your brain to seek out certain patterns whether or not those patterns actually exist, your brain will try to find them. And there's this thing called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And basically it's this, it's more of an illusion, but it's when we think something happens more often than it actually does. So a simple example is if you end up get like buying like a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm -hmm. Well, as soon as you get it, all of a sudden you see all the other Volkswagen Beetles, right? They're not, they didn't just magically like more of them appeared. It's that you weren't paying attention to them before, but now that you, you own one, you see them everywhere, right? It's that sort of a, of a concept of if you're actively seeking it out and you're surrounding yourself with reminders of it, your brain will pay more attention to when it does exist. Right. And it's just this whole idea of, you know, people have heard, you know, practice makes perfect. I don't really believe that so much as, whatever you consistently do, you get better at. So if you're consistently trying to seek out these opportunities and you're consistently trying to find the, the, the good in whatever's going on, that can be super powerful because you get better and better at identifying those patterns. But just saying, you know, sending thoughts and prayers, no. Or, you know, fingers crossed to get that promotion or, or, you know, this, this, you know, I, you know, share this Facebook message and $10,000 will come into your bank account by the end of the week. Like, no, not fucking ever at all. End your turn. <laughs> I know it looks like I can go on forever, but like, I'll, I'll I feel like you could, if you wanted to, I'm good for now. <laughs> Ricky, comes <clears throat> okay. up for you piggybacking off of Corey or just so I th so I feel like similarly to Corey in the sense that it's like I have a pretty har harsh reaction to the concept of manifestation. However, there's I also agree that there's the, there's things that I think about it that I think are helpful, which is that manifesting when you're actually taking time 
and thinking about what you want and communicating it and imagining it, there is value in that because then you can actually, part two, take action on it. So the idea of sitting down and saying, this is what I'm manifesting for myself this year, or this is the vision board that I'm creating, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But the act of sitting down and thinking about what do you want, I think is wildly powerful. And I also don't think we do it enough, which is part of the reason why I think manifesting has done really well is because we as humans often don't spend a lot of time stopping, pausing and thinking, what do I want? What does good look like? How do I want my life to play out? What is important to me? Where are my values? And manifesting the initial action of it is having to do that. It's having to stop and think about what do I want in my life? And so that alone wildly stupidly helpful and we do not do it a lot it's why you know people on their deathbed they're like ah yeah i didn't get enough done it's, it's because we didn't stop and think about well like how do i want to spend my time here on earth so in that sense i do think that there's a lot of power in it the complexity and the downside of it is that i think when you're like and this is the thing i want universe provide for me and then it like nothing happens that's the issue that i think you run into and so the the thing I was talking about, and I've I've talked about this in the past because I feel like it ends up coming up, which is um, around not necessarily manifesting, but instead the idea of mental contrasting, which I think is really incredibly powerful. Um, the best example of this, I'm going to give this example because this is the, the, the main research I did for today, which was also research on how to say her name because I was like, I don't know how to say it. But Gabrielle Ettingen, who is an NYU professor... And also a professor, I think, in Hamburg, but that's don't quote me on that. She did a ton of research around goal setting and motivation. And one of the things she talks about is mental contrasting. And she has this program called Whoop, which is maybe why I love it, because it's called Whoop Whoop. You know, it's like Whoop Whoop. Okay. Which is basically wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. And it starts with wish because that's the most powerful thing, which is like, like, what do you want? Beautiful outcome? How would it feel? What would good look like? And then you shift into obstacle. Like what are going to be the things that stand in your way? And how are you going to plan and handle each of those obstacles? And mental contrasting, you have a much higher success rate of sort of meeting those overarching goals because you've imagined, you've dictated, you've communicated the goal and you've thought about how good that's going to feel. Amazing. You've done your little vision board. We've thought about this in the universe. And then you transition into like, well, how am I actually going to attain that goal? And so to me, I'm like, I'm cool with manifesting. I don't have a huge issue with it. You want to throw me a fucking tarot card? I'm in. But like, there needs to be a little, there still needs to be steps that we take after that. End. End. <laughs> cool. Justin, um, tell us. Yeah, what's over here? It's funny. I expected your two voices, you to lean more on the bullshit side. So I also made a case kind of steel manning. Like, why would I really want to recommend some a manifestation practice? The, the first thing that I would say, and this is more of a general note on how I think about just leadership, personal development, is any time where somebody comes up and says, I have this practice that's part of my performance practice, my well-being practice, whatever, even if I go bullshit, my recommendation is not stop doing that. And the reason why, I'll give two reasons. There's one, there's this uh, mental idea that's Chesterson's fence, right? It's imagine that there's this small village. A fence has been there for a hundred years. Mm -hmm. They come and they want to put a field where the chest is, or where the fence is. Do they just get rid of the fence? A lot of software engineers like this. And the answer is, some people would say yes, but the actual answer is no, not until you understand why the fence is actually there. And the assumption isn't this fence serves a purpose, but it's to not assume that it serves no purpose. Mm. And this for me overlaps with, Corey, something you actually taught me about, which is functional analysis, right? So you, I think you pointed to this with hope, which is if somebody has a behavior that doesn't make sense, even if you have a behavior that doesn't make sense to you, play the game of assuming that it's serving a purpose and a function and then going, oh, what does this serve 
for me, for the people around me. And it's really a case to take some of these things that you maybe don't like about yourself or other people and actually turn it into a pointer to learn about yourself and other people. So that's sort of me. The first, if somebody says they really love manifestation and law of attraction and ask my opinions, my first thought is probably, yeah, I don't buy the explanatory mechanisms, but what is it serving for you? The Steelman case for why I would give two thumbs up to manifestation and law of attraction. So I think there's an alternate explanatory mechanism than like energy <laughs> attracts like energy. And Corey, I think I have a very similar thought on you. I, I like how you used Bader-Meinhof. I went with uh, two, two things. One being just confirmation bias, right? Mm. So if I manifest a belief if I get clear on something that I want and I believe that the universe is trying to give it to me, it's trying to show me how to give it, I stop looking for disconfirmatory evidence and I'm primed just to look for the confir com confirmatory evidence. Got to use smaller words because I'm tangling myself up. Um, <laughs> an example of this, right, is let's say I'm a founder and I'm looking to raise $10 million dollars. And th th this is a process that any founder who's been through, you get really beat up. You get a lot of no's and a lot of rejections. And if you're in the question, will this happen? I don't know. You may be equally weighting these things. Or if you're neurotic like me, you probably take the hits harder than the possible signs of success. But if I have a fundamental belief that the world is trying to give this thing to me, I'm orienting towards the positive signs. I'm more oriented towards the investors who seem like they're interested than the ones who aren't. And the other effect that that has, right, is the, what happens psychologically when we get a sense of progress. So if I then interpret those signs as progress, right, the investor, this investor seems like they're interested. Ooh, this is the universe telling me to keep going. It's like stepping on the, the scale when I want to lose weight and seeing that I've lost two pounds for the week. I get a little dopamine hit, I get a sense of progress, and then I go, fuck yeah, I'm gonna keep going. And so I think there's something that happens in, in the psychological orientation if I have the belief, and if the law of attraction is too much for me, the, the belief that I've been playing around with lately is the universe wants to show me a path to what I want, right? Like I have a contract with everything out there and it wants to show me a way to get it. And for me, I just need to orient towards what's the path that I'm being shown. I think that's incredibly useful. I also think there's one second thing that's huge. If you're a super type A, you're a super ambitious type, you're way in your creative energy. You're like a pusher. Shit happens by me. I make things happen. You've likely had a phenomenon before in your life. I know I have where you've pushed so hard that you fucked it up. You manifested so much, I got to make this happen, right? You, there was someone you really like, and early on in the dating process, you texted them way too much. You tried way too hard to get them to like you. Mm. As a leader, your team is growing, and you're not trusting your team enough, and you're getting your hands in everything because you believe you need to be the person who pushes things through. Having some degree of belief that the something outside of me is at least willing to conspire to make the things that I want to happen happen can actually stop you from making the error of I'm actually pushing too hard. And as a result, I'm actually self-sabotaging from manifesting too much of creator energy. And so from that point, if I relate to manifestation law of attraction as an act of a little bit of surrender and a little bit of trust out here, I actually think that's a wildly powerful orientation. And so if you're a big time pusher and you notice a big aversion to this, what I make up is take a look and say, do I have a really hard time trusting that anything outside of me can help me? Mm. And what's that doing? What I, I, there, I really like something about that because I think there's this idea that correlates with manifestation around like you know, holding things less tightly. You know, it's almost like I send this out and I don't have to put all my energy into it. I still think about, um, there's a woman I knew like years ago and she every year would do her resolutions. She was big on resolutions. And she said she always at least had one resolution that was just fucking crazy. Like there's no way in hell. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it was, 
And in many ways, it sort of was like a version of manifesting, right? She almost had this like shoot for the moon, you'll end up by the stars kind of vibe around it. But it was really helpful because it let her sort of have this directional pull. It allowed her to release things. And so that's what that's what you were making me think of when you were talking about that. And there was a second thing, which is also this idea around um, like spirituality. There's like a component around. Um, I don't I don't have any data to back this up. All right. So let's just let just let's, let's let me bullshit for a second, which is like in my heart, I believe that people are a little bit less religious than they used to be. And yet people are still quite spiritual. And I think manifesting is an opportunity to be connecting with like the universe, right? It gives you an opportunity to think about, it's not just me, my own little flesh bag. Like there's other works at play. Guys, I I don't think I was prepared for this session to be uh, so supportive of manifesting and Apparently all three of us assumed that we would all be very spicy. And by the end of this, I'm like, should we be, is this a manifesting podcast? Should we start manifesting together? What would we like to manifest? I just have to, I have to call that out. I was like, I thought we were going to get real weird, but apparently we're all like, I mean, it's kind of okay. So as a practice, it, it, it can be okay in that if it serves a function, if it works right as a concept, that is where I call bullshit, right? Specifically around, I'm just, just wishful thinking, right? Cause a, a thing that we're all talking about is sort of twofold. One orienting toward a meaningful goal, existence, something and taking action toward it. Right? So from that perspective, it's almost less of like manifesting and more of like an affirmation right now. Affirmations could be a whole separate topic, but I'm not a, a huge affirmation person, like in like a traditional sense of like, you know, every day I say my 10 affirmations or some shit. Is but, it to say bullshit on more things that day? <laughs> very much. I am capable of saying bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> I just imagine Corey looking in the mirror just going, bullshit, 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 bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> well, Sorry, Corey, you were about to share something very no, that's important, okay. but we really wanted to screw that up for you for a no, second. You're good. Because as an aside, I was looking through like testimonials, like redoing my page and shit. And I had the same phrasing from three different people. Like, Corey's no bullshit. I'm like, I guess that's sort of my thing. Like they didn't talk to each other and all said the exact same thing. Anyway. Corey's on brand. Yeah. On brand AF all day, every day. So where the fuck was I? So with affirmations, <laughs> I, I know people who do really big shit and they love affirmations, right? But what is an affirmation, right? By definition, an affirmation is something that affirms, meaning it, it essentially reinforces a belief you already have or a lesson you learned the hard way that you don't want to forget. Right? So it's almost like your, your personal operating system or your own code of ethics and, and, you know, just action. Right. So if we look at it from that perspective, it can be very powerful and there's, there's nothing woo woo. It's literally like, like, like me and like my tattoos, right? Like I'm, I'm covered in tattoos. My tattoos are, are both an expression of my philosophy and a reminder to myself of what I have learned the hard way that I don't want to forget. Right. I've also got like post-it notes and other shit around, but these are the things that I chose, you know, to basically brand myself with because they were so powerful. Right. These are in a way, these affirm my beliefs and my philosophies and, and, and reminders of how I know I want to live my life. And if I align my actions with these philosophies that I've accrued, good things should inevitably happen. Right but I am not a wishful thinking kind of person, but you know, Justin, you're talking about like with leaders and just in any sort of creative endeavor, you inevitably will face more no's than yeses. That's just, that's the reality, right? It's it's a whole shots on goal sort of deal, right? It's really easy to develop a sense of learned helplessness and, and self doubt. So there has to be a way to, to buffer against that from, from building up to the point that it cripples you from taking action, right? That can be through these reminders. It can be through 
orienting yourself toward a 10-year a goal or the person you want to become or what you feel deep down that you deserve if you are will if if you are willing to take action toward it. From that perspective, I'm all in on. From the perspective of you're just going to fucking abracadabra shit, absolutely not. Yeah, and I think what you're pointing at too, Corey, is this is actually uh, this type of thinking, a fundamental belief that this will happen. It's simply on me to find the way is actually a hallmark of like high performance psychology everywhere. This is a hallmark in sports, in Olympians, in business. Now there's some trade-offs of thinking that way as well, right? But this, this aspect of this manifestation or law of attraction, which is this thing simply is going to happen. And it is simply on me to find the pathway through the maze to get there. That is a cornerstone of mm. high performance thinking. If I am willing to make the necessary sacrifices and put in the fucking effort, right? And eat, and eat shit and grind, whatever, right? That way there, there's no entitlement to it, right? I think that's the big issue for me is like a lot of people, there's a sense of entitlement to, I deserve this and I don't need to do anything because I inherently deserve it. There are very few things that that is true for, right? If you are unwilling to take action, you're simply entitled. I have a little other something, Corey, you mentioned entitlement. This was another thought that I, I, I was having and I want to share another model and I'll actually share a screen here. There's this, this I borrowed from borrowed. I learned from the conscious leadership group, which I spend a lot of my life at present kind of dipping into their ways of thinking. Um, but they have this model. I'm, they've got it elsewhere. The primary attribution I got it from was then, which is there's four states of consciousness, All right? So at the bottom, at the bottom, I shouldn't say there's no hierarchy to these. None are better than the other. And they're not stages, they're states. So we can oscillate through any of these in, in a, a minute, right? Um, so one posture is what we'd call victim consciousness or a to me consciousness, which is life happens to me, right? I am a I am a victim. I am inherently somebody who's just here and everything happens to me. I, I don't really have power in this. That can facilitate a shift up into what's called a by me state of consciousness by taking responsibility. I'm responsible for my experience. I'm responsible for creating my reality. And now me, I, I'm in a by me consciousness. I make life happen. From there, we can facilitate up to what's called a through me state of consciousness. I cooperate with life happening, right? And that's a little bit more of like, hey, I'm an antenna. I'm uh, There's a mission that wants to realize itself through me, right? Um, a, a, say a scientist that wants to cure cancer. This mission actually wants to happen through me. And I'm actually just here as a conduit for that thing to be realized. And then at the top, this is like almost even a mystical state or through psychedelics, it's called as me. So life is me. I am one with everything. And as I was thinking of manifestation or law of attraction, I thought, ooh, well, this can actually be, let's assume you're centered in by me at, at the moment. You're in I make life happen. Manifestation or the law of attraction can be a shift down to victim consciousness or up to through me consciousness. And the key thing is, am I manifesting or am I attracting from a place of, Corey, you use the word entitlement. Mm -hmm. Because I am entitled for the universe to give this to me. It should give it to me. And then I step off and I don't do anything because the universe is just supposed to give it to me. Versus through me, ooh, I'm, I'm not, it's not from entitlement. It's from a place of surrender and trust. I'm going to surrender and trust that if I do the inputs and I keep doing things, that things will eventually come my way, right? And so I think this is sort of what we're pointing to, which is if it's now I'm just going to sit on my butt and do anything. Well, we're, we're in victim consciousness. We're, we're expecting life to just happen to me in a good way. And that's fine. That's not terrible, but it's not the way I want to go through life versus if I'm using that to facilitate a shift to through me, which is I'm actually in surrender and I'm, I'm trusting life a little bit more. I'm trusting my partners. I'm trusting the people. It doesn't have to be some grand thing as far as life. It can be as a creator. I'm trusting my other co-creators I'm working on this project with. As leader, it can be I'm trusting my team. Um, 
if you're in transition and you're looking for a new gig, I'm just going to trust these companies I'm talking to, to do their process and help me find the right fit. That for me is a really powerful move that I think was what I was pointing to before. And a lot of what we're pointing to here. Well, and you're kind of talking about like trusting the process versus expecting the outcome. Yes, exactly. That's the key differentiator. Yes. Mm -hmm. Am I entitled to what I'm manifesting, to what I'm visioning, to what I'm affirming? Or am I still an active player, but I'm trusting that it's, I'm going to get there if I just stay present with it? Ricky's got something cooking for everybody. You, you look pensive. For everybody who's listening, Ricky gave a pensive glance <laughs> off to the left. There's something cooking over there. Oh my gosh. No, I just was thinking about how it's, I think I'm, st I might be stuck on my own thing here, which is there, there is just something really interesting about this idea of like working in, in tandem, right? It's like, I have this big thing that I want. It's connected to this, this bigger entity that is outside of myself. I have direction of what I desire. It's not that I deserve that thing, it's that I want that thing. And I'm going to be engaged in the process of obtaining that thing and seeing how it like shifts and manif manifests itself in some ways, right? Whereas if it's, if it's, I, I liked your, I like this CLG framework, Justin, which is like, if I'm waiting for it just to happen to me, that seems like I manifest this thing and like, why isn't it happening? If it's the, I'm the one in control, then it's like, I manifest this thing and I'm holding really tight to it and I'm going to make it happen and there's no other way. Whereas this third one, which was like the upper right quadrant for how it came through for me, is this idea of like, I have intention of what I want. I have direction in that path. I'm engaged with it. I'm also open to the way that this is going to shift and change because that is life. And that is the thing that I feel is really interesting because even in the example that you were giving, like, oh, I'm going to interview with these companies. It wasn't like one of these companies is going to hire me. It was more like, I'm going to communicate and connect with these organizations. We're going to see if it's a fit. It's the same with like dating. It's not like, you know, rather than I'm going to send you a million text messages and it's going to make you fall in love with me and I'm going to send you a thousand roses. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to like dialogue a little bit. And I think that that's, that's something that's really interesting here. It's like, it's, it's almost like opening dialogue for me. Well, I kind of like the idea of like <clears throat> reframing it from I deserve to I'm capable of achieving X. Mm. Right. Cause deserve is a really uh, loaded term, especially nowadays. It, it's, it's really hard to extricate it from entitlement. Right. Mm. So even though you may personally feel like you, you deserve, you know, whatever, right. And beyond like basic human rights and shit, right. Like this is like higher level shit, but I deserve whatever, like a $5 million house or some shit, eh, maybe, but versus if you say I'm capable of building a business that is aligned with my core values and supports the, the life I want to live, right? Whatever that is, where I'm capable of generating enough income that I can travel whenever I want or, or raise my family in a way that, you know, I know that they deserve, right? This is a very different, it, it just, it, again, priming your mind, it primes your mind and mind in a very different way, right? Because, you know, j the, the conscious leadership group, um, framework. I like that. It's an elaboration in my mind on this idea of an internal versus external locus of control. Mm. So locus of control is just like where you believe control is located, right? So an internal locus of control says I am in control. I exert control over my environment. I, I control where my life goes, right? I happen like I happen to the world. I can do something. I have agency. An external locus of control is the world happens to me. Life happens to me because the control is, is outside of me. I do not have any control, right? So when you say I deserve, you're saying the world should give this to me and there's no agency on my part versus if you say I'm capable of XYZ, well, now you have turned this external locus of control internal to where now you know exactly who's in charge and who, who, and what needs to move. It is you, you need to take action. You need to move because if you do, 
you have the capacity, you have the potential of doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, Corey, I, I also, we have, so we've identified this axis of deserving, right, from a place of entitlement to a belief of capability. And one thing, and, and this is going into the territory of limiting beliefs, though, is would I actually, even further for some people, would I actually allow for something that good to happen to me? Because almost all of us walk around with some unconscious, really limiting beliefs where not only are we not manifesting it, but unconsciously we're holding, I wouldn't even allow for that much goodness for any number of reasons, because I would outshine someone else in my life that I'm not allowed to, because my upbringing and my family would, it would cause tensions with them for me to have this happen, because I just think there's something fundamentally flawed with me. And therefore, if I had that much goodness, I would just fuck, fuck it up. And so an, another question that I, I think manifestation is beautiful because it assumes I would allow it, but some of the embodiment practices is, would I really even allow myself to, to win, to have everything that I wanted? Because if the answer is no, then I'm going to unconsciously get in my way the entire time. So I have a post-it note. I have a, a couple on my desk, but I can't remember if I talked this before or not. But one of the post-it notes, it says you're thinking too small. Right. And don't get me wrong. I, I have fairly grandiose, you know, plans for the future and things, but this isn't a question. It isn't, how are you thinking too small? It's a statement, right? So more of a, a reminder of whatever you're thinking of, you're capable of more. Right. And that forces me to think about like, okay, well, where is that happening? Right. Where are my own limiting beliefs, my own, upraise, you know, the way I was raised or some other just like inherited beliefs and values that I may not have thought to question. This is a reminder that in some way I am thinking too small. Right. And again, I'm a no bullshit guy. I'm, I'm very blunt. So like that works for me. It, I'm not saying it works for everybody. Um, you know, my whole right tattoo sleeve is a reminder that I'm going to fucking die. Right. Like that's <laughs> my way is not for everybody, but it affirms, it reminds me of what is important, what I want to do. <clears throat> and it reminds me to always think about how I could do more, not in a hedonic treadmill kind of way or in, in a materialistic kind of way, so much as there is more of my potential that I want to achieve and that I am capable of achieving, but I need to remind myself of that so that I don't become complacent or become entitled. Right. So I look at these more of like alignment practices. These are exercises I engage in that keep me aligned in the direction I want, I personally know I want to take my life. I think what's interesting about that is that it has this added flavor of also self-awareness, right? It's like if you, and I think that's, that's where a lot of this is, is too, is around you want, we want this thing. We know that this is not necessarily, we wouldn't necessarily label it as limiting belief that you do or do not have, but it's something that we recognize that it's like, this is something that sometimes comes up for me, right? Like, and, and there's benefit in that because the combination of, okay, I have this directional focus that I want. I am capable of making that happen. And at the same time, I also recognize the things within me that hold me back from taking the action that I need to do that might distract me from the thing that I want to do. Like my own personal self-sabotaging techniques that are so sneaky, but I think that it's that, that I think is what's really interesting here, right? Is that if we're, if we're, if we're manifesting and we're thinking about this desire that we have, and then we're taking action and we're keeping aware of sort of what's happening in the world around us and what's in our control and where we already like block ourselves, you can unlock a lot of shit. Like, I think there's a reason why manifesting is, is all over the place right now, because I think like what we, okay. When you come in, you're like, I'm a manifest. And you're like, I'm going to just make this wish and dream. I'm going to hold a little magic wand. Boop, 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 and it happens. Good luck. But the way that we're all talking about this is a very considered way to think about who am I? What do I want? What can the world support me on? How do I navigate the mayhem that is existence? It's, it's pretty badass. Am I into manifesting? 
But <laughs> we're just, we need to rebrand manifesting. That's it. Okay. I think, I, <gasps> I, I think, yeah, what's dropped in for me hearing you all speak is, yeah, I think there's this, what we're looking at is in the fertile soil of already a pretty firm, like by me creator consciousness, right? I create my reality. I go out, I put effort. I already am taking action towards what I want, right? So that's the soil that we're in. Plus an add in like real clarity around the goal and a real assessment of I really will both – I will allow myself to have this, right? I, I would let my life be that good and a belief that I can have that happen. What this sort of manifestation lets me do is then bring all of that energy, that orientation crane to what you said is into alignment with the fact that there are things outside of my locus of control, right? And so now we're actually closer to reality. I'm not in a delusion that I control everything out there but i i can see hey i see what i'm in control of and i'm playing in that and i see what's in control out there and i have a really helpful orientation for navigating that in the way that's favorable to me and again when we hit that orientation ricky look at me tying a fucking beautiful bow here you can just trust the process so are you saying that we shouldn't call ourselves coaches we should call ourselves manifestation facilitators because I'm about to fucking gag. Rebrand. I like alliteration, so like manifestation masters or something like that. I don't know. Can it be a mastermind of manifestors? Ooh. You, you, really, you can be whatever you want. LinkedIn, that, that position field, you can type anything in there. Anything. Um... So again, with, with like, so a theme where like with other episodes we've done, the term itself is bullshit, but if you dig deeper into the, the, the root of it, there is something at a much deeper level that is true. That does resonate. But you know, Ricky, like you said, like it takes a lot of introspection to get to that point. I also think it's more polarizing than some of the other topics that we've talked about, right? Like imposter syndrome feels very human like motivation and discipline. It's very, it's like, these are common themes. Whereas when we talk about manifesting, I think a lot of people, their initial reaction to that concept is like, you're going to take my, my fucking birthday and do my star chart and like, tell me what I'm going to be when I grow up, which like, let's be real. I had my star chart done. It was a super fun present that someone sent me and I enjoyed it. And I have a very good friend who's a fantastic tarot card reader, like no judgment. And, but because the term itself has so much like heat around it and such expectation. And also I think there's a little bit of like, it's for the ladies kind of vibe too. So there's a little bit of dismissive nature around it as well, because it's like, Oh, it's for girls. Um, I think you miss, you miss how it can actually be quite powerful depending on how you're leveraging it as a tool. Which is generally Another theme I think we hit on in the first episode, which is, oh, am I going to go into, am I going to go all the way into it? I, I think we almost, a lot of where we look now, we can be over science, overly scientific. We can be overly study oriented. And I think one thing that I encourage people to do on their journey is like, try on some practices that kind of make no sense and just see what they do for you experientially. Right. And this message is almost more for me than anyone listening. But it's like when I hear a practice and I rail against it in my head, I'm like, that makes no sense. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What are you talking about? It's probably a pretty good sign that I should try it on and see what it does for me. Because there might be, there might not be something there, but that if I do that chronically, I'm going to have some huge blind spots, right? And this is what yeah. we're talking about. If I'm totally averse to any manifestation or law of attraction, there's going to be a tractor trailer sized blind spot around. Can I just trust? Can I just let go of some things sometimes? Yeah, the term is trash, but the underlying concept, when considered appropriately, is solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the term more so that, that term surrender. I really like that. There's a, there's a, a great book that I would recommend for anyone interested called uh, the surrender experiment by Michael Singer. I really 
like that one. And again, for me, the context of my person of why I enjoyed it so much is I tend to be that uptight over pusher holding shit way too hard and, and to have something demonstrated so clearly of, Oh, Hey, here's what can happen if you can just loosen up and let go a little bit. It's like, Oh, I don't have to be a pusher all the time. Just, just fucking, it was Sisyphus, right? Was Sisyphus was the one pushing the boulder? I think so. I think. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check that, but yeah, comes right back down. All right. So since we're all avid supporters of manifestation, <laughs> <laughs> that's my tagline now. If Ricky Goldberg likes manifesting, if you were to recommend this, I'm saying something crazy. Recommend this as a practice to someone mm-hmm. for them to play with. How would you contextualize it, and what would you recommend they do? Okay. I've done versions of this, right? So like the Gabrielle Edingen's whoop, for one of the first things to think about. Like, I love a fucking whoop. Um, one, because I like saying it. Two, because I, I actually think it's incredibly effective. Um, so that's the first thing that I'd recommend. Is like That's like one of the things that I'd recommend. But the other thing that I think about, actually, Corey, at the beginning of this conversation, you were talking about like hope. And I think that there's something really powerful in that is that when we think about manifesting for a lot of human beings, part of the reason is because we haven't really thought about what we really want, what we truly desire, what good looks like for us, what we think we are capable of obtaining without our own limiting beliefs. Like there's something very powerful in sort of saying, if you had a magic wand, what would your life look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it is, and leveraging that as a really powerful thought experiment. So those are the two things that came up for, they, they really solidified for me actually in this conversation. I think the magic wand is one that I don't use enough. And maybe that's like a note to myself that like, Ricky, you should be fucking doing that yourself. Come on. The whooping is one that I find really helpful because it is like, creates like accountability and growth plans and goals and productivity and all that bullshit. Um, but yes, magic wand. Those are the things that I would think about if someone was trying to do this, that is what I would, that's what I would toss out there. For me. So like, you know, Rick, you're talking about like the whoop thing. So like I have like my own model that is basically the same thing with different words, right? Like I call it the gold framework goals, obstacles, leverage, which is what you use to overcome those obstacles Mm -hmm. and then direction, right? Like how can you develop a plan that keeps you aligned in the right direction? Same shit, same underlying concept. Just every coach has their own fucking framework for me, (laughs) how I would recommend this bastard version of manifesting is I would basically say, and, and honestly, this is what my framework does, but I would say, what do you want out of life? Right. And we can go into various ways of asking that question, but fundamentally, what do you want out of life? And then what practices will keep you aligned to achieve it and taking action on a day-to-day basis, right? That could be reminders. That could be, you know, affirmations. It could be vision boards. It could be any number of things. What alignment practices do you need to engage in to keep you on that track? It's beautiful. Thanks. Gorgeous. Oh, what would I have do? Well, I'd probably contextualize it in, we we want this to be a practice that exists alongside of action and accountability. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to recommend it as practice first, I would say, get really, really, really clear on what you want which is actually a really fucking hard step. (laughs) Um, And likely the game you're like, I've had this thought before the game we're actually playing on life is like iterating closer and closer to what we really want. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's really hard to know. So first is get really, really, really clear on your first guess of what you want and why you want it. And the why you want it is because that will help you get clearer on what you want. It'll reveal some things. Mm-hmm. And get let yourself get like pretty specific around it, right? Um, 
This is another one from Conscious Leadership Group. They call this placing an order with a cosmic waitress. And they say, if you were to place an order for a hamburger, you would be specific. You'd say, I want a hamburger with some bacon, some cheese on it. I want it to be like medium, medium rare. Um, I want sweet potato fries, not fries. So let yourself get relatively specific with the, your order, with the thing that you want, right? Next, what I would say is to couch it in social accountability. Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell relevant people around you, this is, this is fucking something I want to have happen, right? And notice wherever friction points come up. You may have a point – you may have friction there. Oh, it's too precious. I can't tell people. And then I might invite you to ask the question that we asked before. Do you believe you're capable of getting it? And would you actually allow yourself to have it? And would you let your, allow yourself to be known that that's something you want? Because if you're going, I'm not going to share that with my people, well, there's probably some self-sabotage there. Because what are you going to do if you get it? <laughs> uh, and for people like me, if you're this super type A, I also would share for people and – so what do I want? I want to be making a million dollars a year for my coaching practice. I want that to happen with 20 one-on-one -on -one clients. I want to do 10 facilitated um, – leadership team practices and I want to speak at one conference every year. That's the thing. Um, I would share the intention and I want that all to happen easily. I don't want to grind myself to the bone doing it. I don't want to go to war with reality to make it happen because then I'm also creating accountability for the people around me. If they're saying, dude, you're, you're holding on really fucking hard right now. And so I would share that with them and I would, I would look at them and I would also say, encourage this person to say, I'm also now I'm merging me here. Uh, I'd love it if you could just check in on that. Give me a little accountability. And that's not slap me if I'm not doing it, but just say, I remember you said you wanted that. How is that going? You, you also said you want it to be easy. Do you feel like you're beating yourself up too much about it? What's that about? That way now I'm couched in a health – like it's this full stack thing we're talking about. I'm couched in. I really know what I want. I have some accountability there to help me stay in action around it and keep me back to inspecting where's the breakdown here if it's not happening. I like it. Me too. Thanks. <laughs> I really thought today I was going to be like so spicy. And it was not spicy. Sorry. It was very supportive. So yeah, thoughtful. A little more sweet than spicy. Very curious. Yeah. Who would have thought we'd do a takedown on motivation and the support? Manifestation. <laughs> 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 I'm like, ah, my motivation. This is dumb. I hate it. <laughs> but manifesting. Uh, yeah. Yes. Beautiful. <sighs> Anyone have anything else they'd like to say on the topic before we wrap? We got no head shakes all around. All right, friends. Thanks Bye. for listening. We'll see you next time.